Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to be talking about disciplining children. Okay, welcome back. Discipline. What does it actually mean? Well, the word discipline means to teach. You become a disciple of the teachings of someone. And parents and teachers both have had a problem with this for as long as I can remember. They're always asking themselves, what am I going to do with this kid? He doesn't listen. He doesn't do what I'm telling him to do. He does it when he wants to do it. You know, and you you see things happening where parents just seem to be lost. And they argue with other people who want to discipline their children whether it be a football coach, little league coach, a teacher, even someone in the community. When I was a kid, everybody was in charge. An adult could tell you what to do. Didn't have to be your mother, your father, your teacher. Didn't matter. An adult was in charge. And there wasn't any asking questions. Like I've often said, I see parents in malls with their young children, three years old, and the kid's running in front of them. And they say to the kid, come on, we got to go. Let's get going. Hurry up. We got to go. And the kid turns around and waves and waddles off. And one of the parents say, well, what do you want to do? Well, what does it matter what he wants to do? He's three or she's three. Questions like what's for dinner? good food, sit down and eat, you'll like it. 
See, certain things don't require a choice. They require compliance. And as we get into this, I want you to understand that in your mind, you have to set up goals and determine what you want from a child. And if you do this, if you do these few things that I'm going to suggest to you right now, you'll discover, you'll discover that you'll get more out of your children, they'll listen better, and they, they won't be in a position where they think that they're in charge. They won't feel like they've got you over a barrel because they whined or complained or, you know, they started an argument. You know, kids whine and complain when they're younger. We can deal with that to a degree. All you got to do is give in. But what do you do if a 13-year-old kid starts an argument with you over something you really don't want them to do, like go to a certain party or go out in a car with some friends? Are you willing to stand your ground and have that argument and have a consequence in hand that will work if they don't listen to you? That's a very good question. Now, There's three behaviors that we need to look for from our children. Only three. And if you work to develop these, what you'll discover, they will be far more successful going forward in life. And they don't know this yet but they're going to have great more freedom than they ever had it if they didn't listen to you. The three behaviors are we have to teach our kids to be respectful, we need to teach them to be responsible, and we need to teach them to be compliant. Now, part of the problem is, okay, we get these things all mixed up. And why do I choose these three behaviors? I mean, I, I've i seen character education programs in school. And they focus on about 20 different character qualities. And they become redundant. Respect and responsibility are things that kids should do. They are skills that they need for lifelong success. I understand citizenship. I understand trustworthiness. I understand honesty are all important. But you know what? They all fall into either respect or responsibility into those categories. So let's take a look at this for a minute. Respect. Kid is rude and discourteous. The kid... Uh, has things to say that he shouldn't say. And we're talking about kids that could be five or six years old. What do you do? What do you do? You get them to apologize at a young age for disrespect. And that means they apologize to their friends, to neighbors, to parents, to teachers, 
they have to realize that they are not, they are not the ones. That, see, if they're five, six, seven, eight years old, let me explain something to you. The ground's not level, and they don't have the same rights as an adult does. Not that adults should be disrespectful, but adults who don't ask for forgiveness and are rude and discourteous, you know what happened? They were never corrected as children. You have to be sure that you have clear boundaries for respect. And if, in fact, someone apologizes, the person who they apologize to should accept the apology. And when you have multiple kids in the home, they have to apologize to one another. And you have to figure out how you're going to get them to do it. That's the goal. That's the goal. And if it takes a distraction, if it takes a little time, whatever the case may be, they have to say that they're sorry for disrespectful behavior. You end up with disrespectful teenagers. They say and do whatever they want. Let me explain something to you. Freedom of speech is not the freedom to say what you want, but the brains to say what you ought. You can't yell fire in Macy's unless, of course, there's a fire. But the bottom line, your words, the words that a child speaks, if they go uncorrected, will get them in trouble down the road. So they have to learn how to correct what they say to somebody on their own. You're going to be there when they're younger to make them do it, but they got to get into that habit of correcting their language and their attitude when they speak with someone. And that also means being respectful for property, being respectful for timelines, and making sure that you, you have a, the ability to understand that you, will have a, that you will have a regard for the rights and privileges of another person. Oftentimes what happens, kids get disrespectful, go to your room. Or, you know, they, they can't go outside and play. They never had to apologize you, when we use the right consequence, it'll work. When we don't use the right consequence and we miss it, we miss it, and they don't have to do what they're supposed to do in that area of being respectful, they won't do it, they'll move forward in life, and they will be disrespectful as young adults and adults and have trouble in relationships, marriage, and employment. Respect, it has to be taught. The next one, responsibility. Kids have to be responsible at a young age. And that means they have to learn how to make their bed, feed the dog, walk the dog, pick up after themselves, clean their room. All of these things take place in the home. When they get to school, 
if there's timelines involved and they have to turn something in at a certain time, they have to be held accountable for not being responsible and getting their work in on time or not doing their work at all or not doing homework. Too often what happens is we give kids a break and when you give them a break, they think that they'll always get a break and you have to draw a clear boundary. Now, if kids do something in the home, let's just look at this, you know, as an example. They do something in the home. I had a, um, uh, something that I enjoyed doing. I used to like balsa wood airplanes, and I had a young daughter at the time, and it wasn't enough for me to fly the plane around outside. I had to throw it out the window of the second floor of the house, and my daughter would run downstairs and see if she could beat the plane to the ground. A lot of fun. Boy, did we have fun doing that. Well, one day she wanted to do it on her own and she couldn't get the window open. And she tries to open it with a broom handle. And she goes thump, thump, and on this third thump she stuck the handle, broom handle, through the window. I come home from work. There's a draft in the house. I go upstairs. We got a hole in the window. And she did it. What's the consequence? Well, she had to work with me to fix that window and take time away from not playing and do or from playing and doing what she wanted to do we had to get a piece of glass we had to glaze it we had to put it in and she stayed with me while she did it who broke it she did i don't expect her to put a window in but she certainly can work with me another time i come home from work she's sitting on the steps talking to a boy she's older now she's like 13 14. I said hello to the boy, walked into the house. She came to me, started screaming at me, saying that I was the one, the reason why that boy left, because I said hello to him. She runs upstairs, very angry, throws open the door, and she sticks the doorknob, gets stuck through the sheetrock. Now, anger, of course, it's disrespect. She shouldn't be disrespectful to her father. Now I got a hole in the wall. And I didn't say anything. And she's sitting in bed there. And she's looking at me. And she's got her finger in her mouth. And you know what that means? She knows she did something wrong. So, what do we do? We wait. Three days later, she comes to me. And she says to me, hey, Dad, you take me to the mall? You know what I said? No. I says, I'll tell you where we will go, though. We'll go to Home Depot. And she said, for what? And I said, to fix that hole in the wall. She said, how long is that going to take? And I said, three days. And we went and we got the spackle and the paint and the tape and everything. And we fixed that hole in the wall. Now watch what happened here. While we're in the middle of fixing that hole and we're sanding it for the third time, she said to me, she said to me, 
Now we got to paint it, right, Dad? What happened? Her attitude changed. Once the attitude changes, then you know that you've used enough correction to change the behavior. So you know what I did? I said, let's, you know what, let's take a break. Let's run to the mall now. Do you see what happened? I, there was enough of a correction for her attitude to change. You only use enough correction until the attitude changes. You don't go overboard. You find out what the consequence is and you use it. And when the attitude changes, that's when, that's when it ends. You see, kids today... Little kids will do things that their parents won't see. You don't see your kid coloring behind the clothes in the closet on the wall with crayons, but they know that they did it. And when they know that they did something wrong, guilt builds up. And one of the symptoms of a guilty heart is a critical, condemning, angry spirit. So if you see your kids walking around and they're angry, you know that there's some there's something went on that you didn't see. Now the beauty of it is when you do catch them and you do impose the right consequence, what will happen is it will clear their conscience for everything else that they did. You know you might you might speed 10 times in a month. Doing 80, never get caught. Then you get caught once. And you know what happens? You drive like my grandmother for the next month or so because you're frightened that you'll get caught again. That's what happens with kids. They get frightened that they'll get caught again. All discipline needs to be meted out and it, it has to have these two characteristics. You need to have rules and regulations and compassion and understanding. In that order, compassion and understanding comes after you impose the consequence because that compassion, that understanding is where we end up going because that is the discipline. That means to teach. You're going to teach them what to do for the next time. That's how it works. And mom and dad have got to be on the same page. And a school needs to be on the same page with this. Because if you're not, Some will do it, some won't. I see a lot of teachers, what they do is they talk too much. You know, kid acts up. What's wrong? Is something happening at home? You need to tell me something? You need to see the kid? Well, if the kid acts up and does something wrong in school, what do you got to ask yourself? What's the consequence going to be? Then you can talk to him later. The consequence is the most important because that's what stops the behavior. The rule, the the, uh, compassion and understanding is what prevents it from happening again. Respect, responsibility, now compliance. 
The question you have to ask yourself as a teacher or as a parent is this. What am I going to do if I ask a child to do something and they don't do it? What are you going to do? Now, there's a couple of assumptions here. One of the assumptions is that they heard you when you gave the command. And the second assumption is they understood you. And I will bet that there are adults right now who, if someone asked a question in a group, does anybody have any questions? Nobody would raise their hand or few would raise their hand. Why? You don't want to ask questions. Do you understand everything? No, but you still don't ask questions. If you're in a meeting or something like that and you walk out of the meeting, you say to somebody, what did he say? So, that's, the, that's an assumption that we make, that everybody hears and understands. Now, I ask a kid to do something, and he doesn't do it. What we want to do is to be sure that the child heard us and understood us. We give them a warning Maybe you didn't understand what I just said, but you cannot go outside right now. Now, if the kid still goes outside after the warning, now you have to have a consequence. Because why? Because now you've determined that his behavior is what? Willful. He's doing it. He is violating your rule that you cannot go outside right now. So you use the instruction, warning, and correction process. And non-compliance has to be disciplined. You have to come up with the consequences for non-compliance when a child doesn't listen to you. And you have to make sure that it's something that produces an eensy-weensy, teeny-weeny bit of pain. Maybe they can't watch their favorite TV show that they've been waiting for. Maybe they, they have their phone taken away for a short period of time. Until you're sure that they understand that they goofed. Lying is another one. You know, when you ask a kid a question and he tells you a lie. There's three kinds of liars. You have the situational reactive liar, which most kids are. Because they, they absolutely don't want to get caught in a situation where you're going to react to them. So they try to tell you what you want to hear. Then you have the con artist who could sell ice to an Eskimo. And then you have the withholder. So if something happens and you start questioning kids, whether it be in school or at home, you know you're going to get about 50% of the story because they're going to see what your reaction is to the first 50% that they're not involved with. Kids today have been placed in a situation where they don't have understanding. 
Parents at times will discipline by the seat of their pants, and by that I mean they think that yelling is a consequence when it's not. Because by the time the kid hits 10 years old, you can yell at him all you want. It won't matter to him. They have to get to a point where they trust the adults that are in charge. And they respect the adults that are in charge. And when you can impose discipline based on respect and responsibility and compliance... And you can use the instruction and the warning process, which gives the kid the benefit of the doubt. The warning isn't a prelude to punishment. All the warning is, is you're trying to determine if what you communicated to that child, he understood. And if you're convinced that he understood something that you told him, then and he didn't do it, now you can determine that he's being willfully disobedient. And there has to be a consequence associated with it. Now, I've written a book on this. It's called The New Three R's in Education, and I'm going to put a link to it uh, in this episode description. And you'll see what, a lot of things in there, like why do we have to stop asking and we have to start telling? That's what's important. You don't ask a kid to do something. You tell them to do it, especially if they're younger. I don't think bosses, you know, we've gotten to a point, though, I will say this, we've gotten to a point where we we have been forced to go soft because a lot of times, you know, you, you, you don't want to um, get the employee upset, so you got to soft pedal while you're talking to them. You don't want the kids to get anxiety because you're making them responsible, so you start soft pedaling. This happens. But there's nothing wrong with telling and not asking. In summary, respect, responsibility, compliance. Three behaviors have to be developed in all children. In working to try and get kids compliant, you use the instruction, the warning, the correction process. You follow that pattern. You follow that, that design you'll end up with kids that'll listen, they'll be respectful, they'll be responsible. Go to my website, www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Check out all the stuff that's there. I'm going to put a link to the book, The New Three R's in Education, Respect, Responsibility, and Relationships, in this episode description. It's not free. It's going to bring you to the store so you can purchase it if you'd like to. It's in an ebook format at that point. My name is Jim Burns. I thank you for listening to Anti Bullying 101. I urge you to send this podcast to other people. I think that they'll enjoy it. If you've got a parent that you know that is having difficulty with their kids, send it to them. If you're having difficulty, listen to it several times, go over it. Talk to your spouse about it so that they have an understanding about what you're trying to do. And if you're a teacher and you're in school, I would send this around to every teacher that's there. Let them listen to it and maybe even send it to administration. 
Because if you can start dealing with what I'm talking about, respect, responsibility, compliance, and using that three-step process for non-compliance, you're going to find that you're going to have a much calmer home, more respectful home, and schools will be preparing kids at that point for lifelong success. My name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.